What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG English Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haohen. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天来宾是一位语言天才，那他目前在台湾担任教育顾问。接下来，就让我们来欢迎 Sam。Today I am joined by a superstar, the multilingual, multi-talented, super handsome. Accolades could go on for days. <laughs> Samuel. Sam is focusing right now on education consultancy here in Taiwan, which we'll dive deep into it. So, everyone, please welcome Samuel. John, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Oh、um, man! Let's see what I have to share. <laughs> Can't wait. You know, it was so cool. We were just talking off air. You know, so many of my friends, our friends, I guess probably your friends first. So I shouldn't take that as a, a personal thing. <laughs> But it just reminds me how beautiful it is that Taiwan can be so small in that sense. So shout out to Manav and shout out to our friend Egan and Goober Richard. There you go. Goober, yeah, <laughs> very cool. So. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for joining us on、really? the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's you know, I got to meet you through some work we're doing together,、mm -hmm. and it just blew me away just to hear your story of Taiwan, but also really just your care and your passion for education.、Mm. Because I feel so many people, you know, they can be teachers here, they're educators, they start their own companies, but I really just felt your. Passion for like education, so maybe we could just start with this. Is like, where did this passion for education come from? Well, as all good things in life happen, you know, parents, parents influence.、Uh, shout out mom and dad. <laughs> shout out mom and dad. There you go. But、uh, no, really,、uh, I grew up with two educators as parents. So my mother actually went and studied Montessori.、Uh, my father was in business, but together they opened up a school. And、uh, without going into too much detail, I know we talk about it later. But like, I was born here, and、uh, at the age of three and a half, moved to Vancouver, Canada, and I didn't speak any English. So my parents, knowing how the public school system worked, were afraid that I'd be picked on and kind of bullied for being a white guy who only spoke Chinese. And so, yeah, they started a phonics program, kind of based around me and one other Taiwanese kid who kind of arrived in Canada about the same time we did. And that kind of exploded into a school, and so eventually they ran a school in Canada that had like 300 students, 27 teachers, and、uh, yeah. So I've always just been surrounded by education. I was homeschooled.、Um, it just yeah, just one after the other of being my own teacher, and then、uh, came back to Taiwan, I guess. And I'm, I'm making this kind of long story very very short, but.、Uh, was it about 14 years old?、Uh, I asked my dad for a little bit extra money, and、uh, he said. You know where does money come from?、And、me being super smart, you know your pocket, and so he said, "Wrong answer. Get a job." So I started teaching when I was fourteen, and that's kind of what my parents did. So it was kind of easy for me to kind of grab a case here, grab a case there,、mm -hmm. and that kind of just exploded into over twenty years of teaching now. Wow, great job summarizing, though. I mean, you just—that was beautiful. That was perfect <laughs> for radio. <laughs> you know, the thing that really strikes me though is. I think about my relationship with my parents and how I actually have kind of found my way to doing things that they did in their youth, and really like kind of following their career in my own weird way. But did you know that you cared about education? Because, or, or were you like, oh man, I need some money, and this is the only thing I know how to do? Actually, through junior high and high school,、mm. sure, it was an easy way to make money. Yeah, ending high school, I. 
didn't really have any true aspirations for anything else. I, I did kind of consider University of Hawaii just because I wanted to go surfing, but I didn't know exactly what I would study there. And, uh, so that never came to fruition. <laughs> but, um, but then, yeah, I just teaching, teaching, teaching. And as I taught more, I would say as I matured more, uh, I developed a deeper passion for it. I would say maybe in my early twenties, there was this fear of, oh, am I just going to be, an English teacher, right? Is there more I can do? And uh, as I, as I said, matured with age and life kind of just took me to new places and I learned new things about myself, um, I really found the value of education. Mm. I found the value in what I did as a teacher. And uh, kind of as I remember, well, I've been teaching over 20 years now. So my youngest student that I was teaching, you know, I'm not very old now, but they're already finishing university and having their own children. <laughs> and so it just makes me feel even older. <laughs> I like to think of myself still in my early 30s, but I'm not. But um, kind of looking at through this adventure or this journey through being a teacher from 14 years old, just playing games to high school because it bought me popcorn and movie tickets to university because I didn't have any other option to as an actual adult, um, loving what I'm doing and realizing that I can make an impact through a classroom. It's just kind of, that's kind of just guided my thought process. So it's kind of, I've experienced it all mentally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, and you're saying it and I think, I had that similar thought of, you know, am I going to be a teacher, you know, forever, but always loving the the process of seeing my students learn and grow and and never being like, oh, I want to be a subject teacher. I was like, I'm going to be a life teacher, mm -hmm. you know, and just and get to grow with these these students. And so I love that. And I'm happy that you've really found your way. And I still feel it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big feely guy. My audience knows. And I can just feel your your passion for it still. So I'm really happy that seems like you kind of you created you know you 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 let that fire continue to burn you know mm -hmm. how to fan that fire i should say and so thinking about that you have a ton of perspective in the sense of teaching in canada but also teaching in asia really taiwan specifically what are some things maybe that you feel are why you're here now focusing so much more on it really starting the consultancy business and working with different schools and different companies is there something that you want to do differently or, or help instill? Or what do you think now? What's your perspective on that? <laughs> Since I was maybe 24, 25, I've had this drive that I want to change English education in Taiwan. Mm. Um, and so it's one of the reasons I won't leave, can't leave. Uh, um, it's, it's just, it's what drives me. And so right now, kind of every step I'm taking doing this con consultancy business, uh, working on teacher training programs, creating teaching material, um, playing with different aspects of classroom management and project based learning. I'm trying to instill a brand new approach to how we look at approaching teaching English as a second mm -hmm. language. And I feel Taiwanese have been learning English for many, 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 many years. And uh, a lot has been invested into it. Parents invest a lot of money into bushi bans and anjing bans and private tutors and uh, private schools, um, bilingual schools. And uh, in a sense, I do feel there are major success success stories. Um, there's tons of kids who do really, really great. But then there's a majority that kind of just can't get over the hump. And uh, kind of looking at my own 
I would say China, background in Chinese. So you kind of mentioned earlier in the intro, bilingual, uh, multilingual. It's only bilingual, not multi. But uh, my Chinese, even though I've, I've been here over 30 years, um, but I came back junior high and uh, I did not dare speak Chinese. I was embarrassed. And so I spent maybe a good eight to 10 years kind of just getting by with jizhou, yozuan, zhouzuan, yipei jiuhao, right? And that was kind of about it. Um, I didn't need to speak. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't need to speak more. And uh, I just had this fear of using Chinese and being wrong. And uh, as I'm working with my Taiwanese students and teaching them English, um, I realized that they also have that fear of being wrong too. And so what's really driving me right now is this idea that if I can kind of help someone build their confidence. Um, as a teacher, you can't really break down a student's walls. You have to kind of give them the tools to break down their own walls. Um, and then they're kind of free to go forward with that information. That's what I'm trying to do in the classroom. And I realized that because of my lack of confidence in my Chinese, I wasted so many years. Um, I never really explored the language or I could be a much better um Mandarin speaker now had I started earlier. And I think the same is with English in Taiwan. Yeah. I feel like it's limited to a certain style or method. And that method has kind of been repackaged, but it's still the same method in many different ways over the years. But I look at it as passionately as, well, what if we were to kind of create a new method or a new strategy? And it's not a repackaging of old but a completely different way of looking at and approaching the the learner as a whole and uh, giving them the tools to really break down their own wall, like I said, mm -hmm. and uh, grow in their own confidence and become their own learner, their own thinker in the language. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if that answers your question yeah, fully. Yeah, no, like, perfect, yeah. I, can I, go on for, I can go on for hours. <laughs> no, I love it. And I think, you know, just, just summarizing that in my own words here is just – Understanding that the idea that you were fearful of Chinese, and I imagine a lot of Taiwanese are fearful of the English, and yeah, and it's it's so true because I I can relate to that with my own Chinese. It's like I'm an adult. I don't want to sound like a a child and say something, you know. And and so I'm I imagine that's a pretty that's a great realization that you had, and I love that you're really trying to now give students of all ages the tools to break down their own barriers and build confidence themselves. Yeah. And I think the tool, I, I, I actually constantly use this. Um, I fully believe that English is not the answer. You know, uh, I make the joke with a lot of my clientele that like, uh, I know a lot of, you know, English first language, English speaking people in the United States who don't have jobs or are homeless. It's not because you speak English that you succeed. Mm. Um, English is just one of the many tools mm -hmm. that is you can kind of put under your belt or into your resources that you can use for success in many different areas in your life. And so making English, I'd say the, the end goal um, is limited. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of learn how to approach it or learn how to control it in a sense and use it properly, I feel then it opens up so many more opportunities for you that will actually lead you to, I would say, more successes or more opportunities down the road. Yeah. 
直到三岁才搬到加拿大的温哥华。那当时来宾完全不会说英文，所以他父母担心他进入公立学校的时候会被欺负。那因为身为白人的他，当时只会说中文，所以他父母就建立一个自然发音课程，同时也让一位来自台湾的小孩一起学习。那这套系统最后演变成一所学校。那父母就在加拿大经营这所学校，总共有大约三百位学生跟二十七位老师。那他也分享，他一直以来都是在家自学的。那他会开始教课的原因，是因为当时他在十四岁的时候回台湾。那当时他想要跟他父亲拿一点钱，但他父亲就跟他说，他需要工作才会有钱，所以他就开始教课了。也因为他父母给他的环境关系，所以要找学生对他来说并不困难。但没有想到，这一路教课就是教了快二十年。那来宾说，他在国高中的时候，他觉得教课是一个赚钱的好方法，尤其因为他自己本身没有什么其他的志向。他曾经想过想要去夏威夷大学读书，但他也不知道读什么科系，他只是为了想要去冲浪而已。所以这后来就当然没有实现。那来宾也说，他在教学的过程当中，随着年纪、思想越来越成熟的时候，他在渐渐的发展出对于教育更强烈的热情，因为他找到了教育的意义以及当老师的价值。那来宾说，他在24 25五岁的时候，其实就有动力想要改变台湾的英文教育方式。所以他现在的顾问公司主要就是建立老师的训练计划以及课程。还有创造一些教育题材，那他也试着用不一样的角度跟方式，像是专案制的学习。来宾认为，台湾一直以来都有在学习英文，而且家长也很愿意花钱在补习班、家教、私立学校等等的。那虽然说有些学生学的英文能力非常好，但是其实大部分的人还是不会说或是不敢说。那像来宾自己刚回台湾的时候，也遇到不敢说中文的问题。那大概有八到十年的期间，只用最基本的中文在过日子。因为他怕自己说错，那后来他发现，他台湾学生在说英文的时候也会担心自己说错，所以他的目标就是帮助这些学生建立自信。而且，身为老师的他是需要提供给他们很多工具，让他们自己要度过这个难关。来宾认为，英文不是解决一切问题的方法，毕竟在美国，以英文为母语的人士还是有很多遇到无家可归或是找不到工作的情况。但是，他认为英文会是一个可以帮助你拥有更多资源。而且如果好好使用的话，可以带给你更多机会的一个工具。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到一些片语跟词汇。第一个是 Montessori， Montessori， M O N T E S S O R I， 意思是蒙特梭利教育。第二个是 Phonics， Phonics， P H O N I C S， 意思是自然发音。那第三个是 Aspirations， Aspirations。A S P I R A T I O N S， 意思是志向。那最后就是 fruition， fruition， F R U I T I O N， 意思是实现或是成果。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。Thinking then a little bit in terms of your own development, your own language kind of development with Mandarin specifically, because you were you were raised in Taiwan for three years, but A, you're probably not speaking that much at that time. But B, it was it was a household of English speakers.、Mm-hmm. So, what developed first for you, really, actually? So actually, my 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 mother tongue is actually Mandarin. <laughs>、um, so amazing. My parents were missionaries originally、uh, during the '80s here in Taiwan, and so it just so happened so that they probably spoke Mandarin then too. At that, my、moment. my mother spent nine years learning Taiwanese. 
Taiwanese. So yeah, because like we were down in Taichung at that time, right? And、uh. so there's less Mandarin, a whole lot more Taiwanese. So my mother's Taiwanese is actually a whole lot stronger than her Mandarin. Um, if you hear her speak in Mandarin, you really feel like oh, Tai Fei Sang Tai. But um, so yeah, my parents were working all the time, um, kind of doing their mission work and stuff. And so as an infant,、uh, after I got well, maybe one years old. I was able to start walking around by myself.、Uh, my parents' landlord, our landlord, had a little tea shop on the first floor. A really old Taiwanese guy and his wife, and so they kind of were like, they took me in. They were like my agong ama, right? <laughs> and、uh, so they're my Taiwanese grandparents while my parents were working. And so I spent every day at the tea shop and where their customers were coming in, and you know.、Um, Little foreign kids sitting on the countertop. Of course, people are going to have conversation. So when I went to Canada at three and a half,、uh, I spoke a three and a half、uh, year old's level of what was it, Chinese, Taiwanese, and Kazakh. So I could speak those three, but I couldn't speak English.、Yeah. Right? My parents did speak English at home, but I think my mother, because she was focusing on her Taiwanese, was practicing as much as she could at home. And so it was when I went to Canada that、uh, English was actually my. Second language, fourth language、yeah. by that time, <laughs> and、uh, it was yeah coming back.、Um, I no, I guess I do remember in Canada, my parents they did not know specifically when we would come back to Asia, but they felt that Chinese was important. So I do remember having a Chinese teacher、uh, in like grade one, grade two, grade three. Um, at my dad's school, so he actually hired somebody specifically to teach me ba ba ma fa da ta na la and play with the Jiling Fu Hao. And、uh, I didn't do too much character writing at that age in Canada. You know, why am I learning Chinese in Canada? Right? Didn't get it.、Um, ah, so many wasted opportunities. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, it's it's fascinating. It's really really. Cool to just think about you at that age and in the tea shop down in Taizong in the eighties, and as then you were developing English. Of course, you were now immersed in the environment. But maybe kind of zooming out for a second, thinking about this for language in general, and now as maybe as you apply it to your teaching styles, what really helped you? Do you think learn language? What helped you with English? What, what helped you with Chinese? What helped you when you reacclimated maybe back? Because you came back in high school、mm-hmm. for Taiwan.、Uh, no, I came back. I was like twelve years old. So twelve. Elementary, okay, junior, junior high. high. Okay. So when you came back, you probably had to reacclimate to Mandarin. Like, do you remember specific things? And this is the perspective of maybe what can help our audience here on NG England, regardless of what language they're learning. Think about some some actionable tips.、Um, it really comes down to immersing yourself in it, using it, not being afraid. Uh, I did say, like you know, I spent many years not really speaking Chinese. Now I was surrounded by it.、Um, I remember when I first got off the airplane, you know, the, the second day, first second day in Taipei, I had my little Walkman CD player, stick it on my belt, you know,、um, put in my CD, my headphones, and I kind of w- started walking around Wuxingjie、um, and just like, feeling like a boss, you know, like it's a new city, adventure. I don't understand anything, so I got my music on and kind of locked in my own world, and I kind of just. Would watch people and see things, and remember, I did have a little bit of a background in Chinese, but、mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to really feel confident to go and have a conversation. And、uh, as I kind of went through life,、uh, junior high, going through high school and stuff,、um, yeah, just the basic eat one, zero mian, zizou, zipian jiao hao, and simple, simple, simple stuff. But I would never really use any Chinese. If I felt like I could embarrass myself, so for instance,、um, getting a bubble milk tea,、uh, 
easy enough. You walk to a counter, you know, right? But for me, if I felt the girl at the counter was cute or I felt that there was a group of younger people, I had no problem if there was a bunch of eyes sitting there. Like I didn't mind embarrassing myself with them. Yeah. But if anyone was cute, um, I would pretend to be on my phone kind of just like waiting for someone else to give me the full order. And they're like, are you ready? Oh, no, no, still waiting. I'd wait for the cute person to walk away or that one random guy to come to the counter. And I'd walk up and as fast as I could, I'd be like, <laughs> And like what? <laughs> and I said it so quickly and so unclearly, so that way you couldn't pick out where it was wrong. It was all wrong, <laughs> and it was this fear of embarrassing myself. But I think it took me time. But when I finally just accepted the fact that it's through these mistakes that I'm going to learn, um, that really opened up a whole new approach. Or I would say avenue to, to Chinese acquisition for me because now I was okay with my mistakes. Um, I really didn't care if someone corrected me. In fact, I took every taxi as a, you know, Chinese class. So I already figured I'm paying the guy mm -hmm. to take me from point A to point B. <laughs> my favorite classes. Yeah. Most people don't like talking to their cab driver, but I just thought I'm already here. And so he would, I would say an address and he'd be like, Oh, your Chinese is so good. I'm like, yeah, it's not that great. And I would just start a conversation. And like most of the time, you know, they'll start talking. You're just sitting there going, doi, 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 doi. Oh, doi, 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 He laughs, you laugh, right? But it was slowly kind of just picking up and it wasn't being afraid to actually approach the language. Mm -hmm. And I think that same approach, it doesn't matter if you're learning French, German, Italian, Spanish, or English, right? It really doesn't matter. Um, if you are willing to make the mistakes, right? If you, if you are afraid to make a mistake, you'll never get started. You'll never use it. But if you're willing to make the mistakes and, uh, kind of learn from those mistakes, and it's not just like make a mistake and then move on in life. It's learn from that mistake. Think about what, the, why the mistake was there and how you can improve on that. I think that actually is beneficial for whatever language hmm. or any aspect of life, really. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and makes me think too about my my cab rides are just the best because I in the states, you know, I love talking to cab drivers or anytime I would drive with somebody, and so I was always like, "This is great." They're gonna ask me all sorts of weird questions. <laughs> I gotta understand, you know, listening comprehension yeah. right now, and and so yeah, it's it's really cool, and I agree. Yeah. So I'm really happy that you learned that too because I think it's a it's a kind of a metaphor for life, if you will. It's yeah. like the more data that you can get, whether it's good or bad data, you can use to iterate and, and build. So I love that approach. 来宾说，他父母在八零年代的时候是以传教士的身份来到台湾的。那因为他们住在台中的关系，所以他母亲花了九年学台语。也因为他们的工作比较繁忙，所以当时一岁的来宾就会跟他们的房东在一楼的咖啡厅待着。那当时的他们有点像是他阿公阿妈的角色。那在这样的环境当中，他就学会了中文、台语跟客家话，但是他并不会英文。虽然说他父母亲都会说英文，但是他母亲当时为了练习台语，所以在家里也尽可能的在用台语练习。那来宾是到了加拿大之后才开始学英文的。那因为他父母也不确定什么时候会回到亚洲，可是他们认为中文很重要，所以他们就请了一位中文老师来教他注音。但很可惜的是，没有教太多的中文字。来宾会给学习任何语言的人的建议，就是要融入在生活当中，而且别害怕。像他自己，其实花了很多年的时间，担心自己会说错话或是被纠正。但是后来来宾才渐渐的接受，就是要从这些错误中学习。
，那他就开始利用坐电车的时间练习中文。那来宾认为，只要勇于犯错，而且会去思考该怎么去进步的时候，就已经非常有帮助了。这不仅限于学习语言当中，而是能够应用在生活当中哦。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。Sam, you legend. Unfortunately, though, we're coming to the end here of the NG English show, and、oh, really? Yeah, it goes fast. I know. I can't believe it. Can But, I come back? <laughs> yes, you come back. You come back absolutely. And a question I love to end the show with, though, is if you could go back and talk to a younger Sam, maybe when you were sitting in the tea shop in Taichung, would there be any advice you give yourself about language, life, business, anything? If I was to go that far back, I would. I'd probably go back to second grade Sam, and with that, with. Uh, Penny Jiang, who was my Chinese teacher way back in Canada in second grade, I probably one apologized to her for my bad attitude. Two, pay attention more because I could have used all those skills that she was trying to teach, but I was fighting、um, right now. <laughs> but、uh, no, I think my whole life has kind of just been one big trial and error, and I mean that in a positive way. But it's in a sense through every mistake I've made through each kind of. Section of my life that has kind of 100% put me where I'm at right now. So mistakes wise, sure. I mean, I've injured myself. I've gotten stitches. I could probably avoid those mistakes. But in general,、um, I think I had a adventurous soul, and I would probably said be more adventurous. Probably push myself just a little bit more.、Um, and、uh, yeah, I think. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> like I just probably the Chinese. That's, that's all I can really think about right now. Everything else was needed as a learning experience、yeah. for me. But、um, I would just say probably just focusing on language as a ch- as a child. Like you know, it was important. I didn't know that I was going to be back in Taiwan、yeah. many many mo- many moons and years later. But、um, had I taken it seriously then, oh, I could be so much further along in my. I could probably speak in Taiwanese right now to you, right? But、uh, yeah, I would just say. A younger version of myself, it would just be a matter of continue to ask why, continue to ask what for, what's the purpose, find the purpose, and kind of build off of that.、Mm. Beautifully said. 来宾如果能够回到过去，给年轻的自己一些建议的话，他会想要回到二年级，先跟他中文老师道歉，因为他当时的学习态度并不好。但他认为，如果他当时有好好学习的话，现在就轻松多了。那来宾也认为，他的人生就是在不断的尝试跟犯错。但他认为这是好事，因为他需要犯这些错误才能学习。来宾认为他自己算是一个很爱冒险的人，但还是会鼓励自己再多冒险一点。那他其实只有中文是他希望可以回到以前好好学习的东西，因为他也不知道过这么多年后还会回到台湾。那他希望年轻自己依旧要保持好奇心。那我们就谢谢今天的来宾 Sam。Well, Sam, where can people find you online? Maybe where could they reach out to you for any of your awesome services? LinkedIn is probably the absolute best way to get hold of me.、Uh, you can find me at Samuel Dulaney. Dulaney is a D-U-L-A-N-E-Y, and、uh, my Chinese name is Du Sanmu, Mu Tu Du, Du Sanmu. So yeah,、uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm probably the only Samuel Dulaney with Du Sanmu next to it. So it's not too hard to find. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, Sam. Well, thanks for making some time today, and we'll talk to you next time. John, thank you for having me. See you soon. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the NG Ingwen Show. Please go follow along with Sam on LinkedIn or myself, John Drummond eight nine or Yang Haolin. All right, everyone. Stay curious, stay hungry, and keep learning. We'll talk to you next time. Much love. Peace. 
All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG NG English I C R T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from six thirty to seven, and Wednesday night from nine to nine thirty. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye.